0: Welcome to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Camp Radio, discussing trends and issues that will encourage ministries and churches in their efforts to impact people for Christ. To learn more about TN Baptist Camps, visit us at tnbaptistcamps.org. Now, today's Camp Radio... I'd like to thank you for joining us on Camp Radio today. My name is Kevin Peeridge, and I'll be your host. Reaching the lost in your community may mean connecting with people in unique ways. Our guest today is uh, Donnie De La Cruz. He is the pastor at Dumplin Baptist Church in New Park at Tennessee. Donnie, thank you for joining us today.
1: Absolutely. I'm excited. Uh, well,
0: Donnie, tell us a little bit about you.
1: Um, Yeah, so I'm uh, 27 years old. Um, I'm originally not from Tennessee, but I'm originally from California, um, Modesto, California, and um, grew up in a pretty big family. I got six sisters, um, and uh, just we're a massive family, but kind of unique background. Um, My mom... Um, unfortunately, you know, was a product of her environment. You know, Modesto is one of the top 10 most dangerous places, um, according to to drug statistics. It's one of the highest in California. Mm. And so my mom kind of went in and out of prison for about 12 years. And so when she had me, um, she had to go back into prison. and And so my grandparents brought me in and raised me. and awesome. until she got out. and And what's awesome is, you know she she found the Lord in prison. And mm. so she got out. She was on a new mission and 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 remarried. and she's been clean off drugs for over twenty years, for sure. yeah, and uh, just just doing good. and but, it, it, you know, I, I come from kind of a, I don't want to say a broken family, but a, a broken family, mm-hmm. um, broken background. and But yeah, it was uh, luckily my grandparents kind of stepped in and, and, and took me in for, for those first six or
0: seven years. You and your grandfather led you to know Christ, right?
1: Absolutely, yeah. So uh, when I was six years old, my, my grandpa um, Lonnie sat me down and said, son, I want to have a conversation with you and asked me that, that famous question, if you were to die, you know, would you go to heaven or go to hell? And um, I I was kind of shocked at that question. You know, my first response was, well, grandpa, you know, I'm going to heaven. I go to church. You're the one who drives me there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so every, every excuse that I can give him, he, he shot down and in a loving way, but you know, he said, son, all those things are good things, but they're not good enough. Um, and, and just laid out, you know, son, you you need to have a relationship with Jesus. You need to be forgiven of your sins and, and be submitted to him and uh, send me to my room and said, I want you to go think about that. And, <laughs> Um, it, it didn't take me long till I was coming back and telling him I need Jesus, you know, and, yeah. and he led me through that. And that yeah, was good. You yeah. know, you're married. I am married. Yeah, we've been married for three years. Uh, my wife's name is Lucy Delacruz. Uh, we're actually expecting our first baby uh, awesome. next month. Baby girl. Anytime. Yeah, anytime. That's right. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming quick for sure.
0: Well, uh, tell us a little bit about your church.
1: Yeah, so Dumplin' Baptist Church um, is a 222-year-old church uh, that's been serving East Tennessee for that long, and um, it's an established church, uh, meaning a lot of tradition that, that's come with this church, a lot of legacy. This church has actually planted a lot of the, the churches in this area, and I, I can't think of all of them right off the top, but there this is this has been a staple for this valley for 222 years and um it's been a it's been an honor just to serve here i've been here uh, this september will be three years
0: well share a little bit uh, this kind of ties in a little bit about yourself but what what how was your journey to get here from california
1: yeah so uh 18 years old graduating high school um at that point um, in my story, uh, I was kind of running from the Lord. I submitted my life to ministry when I was 12. I really felt God calling me to be a pastor. And and my pastor growing up, Don McIntyre, he really discipled me through that. I was mm. preaching for him on Sunday nights. I was teaching in the youth. Um, but around 18 years old, he retired, moved out here. My grandmother passed away all in the same year. Just kind of um, heavy blows to a young man. Mm. And um, so he he actually moved to Jefferson, Tennessee, Like I said, I was kind of running from the Lord. Everyone was pushing me for college. And and I felt God telling me, I want you to go to college. And I had a young man in our area come to preach um, at our church. And and the first thing he asked me was, where are you going to school? And I told him I wasn't, uh, didn't have enough money. Uh, I'm going the military route. I mean, that's how hard I was running from the Lord. I right. was doing anything and everything to 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 not be a pastor, to mm. not go into ministry. This young man, his name is Andrew. He he asked me, man, if I can get you into college, would you go? Mm. And I said, yeah, for sure. But it's not gonna happen. Yeah. Uh, but he had ties with the financial department at East Texas Baptist University. And, yeah. He literally applied for me hmm. all of my financial work, my my FAFSA, the scholarships. Like he literally did the whole process for me. And I got a letter two weeks later saying, you've been accepted to ETBU. Yeah. Here's your um, schedule. Here's your classes. Here's your roommate's <laughs> number. And I, I still laughed, you know, God, God's doing this. And I said, God, I'm not going. I can't afford it. Yeah. And, and what's cool is, you know, all these churches that my pastor had me go to preach at, yeah. they're like, hey, we want to help out. And so they started doing love offerings mm-hmm. and literally got my first semester paid for. Right. Awesome. And still, God, I'm not going. Like, I, I don't want to do this. I don't. I can't even get out to Texas. Yeah. You know, we can't afford it. And I uh, had a, a deacon come and say, hey, man, I've been saving some money for you since mm-hmm. you were a young baby. And, wow. I want to give it to you. It's not much. Um, it's about 480 bucks. And yeah. uh, for me and my mom to fly to East Texas was yeah. 480 bucks. Wow. And so was, <laughs> I, I couldn't argue, but fast forward, um, 18, freshman in school, I, uh, you know, that's when God really got a hold of my mm-hmm. heart. You know, I, y- you can be saved um, and still wander off in sin, you know, like sure. a prodigal son. And and God really called me to to full submission. Uh, fast forward that you know, we're married, been doing student ministry for, at that point, seven years, mm-hmm. skateboarding ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and my wife and I Phil got telling us to get ready. And mm-hmm. we were happy with student ministry. We were happy with the skateboard ministry. we were happy and, and at First Baptist Longview. And uh, my pastor, Don McIntyre, who retired mm-hmm. and moved out here, you know, 20 minutes away from us, he took um, a position at Dumplin Baptist Church as an interim. Um, mm-hmm. They had a, a pretty bad church split and he was the interim and um, his wife had a dream through this process that they were going to hire me as their pastor hmm. and in her dream don said i pastor donnie while he was young now he's going to pastor me while i'm old huh. and, and the next day um, she called and said her, hey are you looking for a job and we yeah. you know we just like i don't know um maybe and yeah. She she said, "Well, hey, we want to fly you out, come interview, and see what you think." And as soon as we got out here, we knew this is where God was right. was leading us. Yeah. For well, that's, sure.
0: that's neat. It's it's always uh, kind of neat to see where God has uh, prepared right. uh, a person to. Uh, being p- a part of a, a bigger picture sure. and bigger ministry. Well, now that has uh, you, you've kind of told us about where you were and how you got to Dumpling Baptist Church and about uh, who is Dumplin' Baptist Church. What is happening? at yeah. this church right now
1: man it's awesome um god's god's truly moving um it's, it's a blessing just to see that but um, because of how um, one how old Dumplin is mm-hmm. and, and kind of where dumpling has been in the past 10 years we definitely had to push revitalization right um it's, it's an established church and especially not just an established church but one that went through a bad church split and so our first sunday here uh, I, I literally could count 40 people in our sanctuary wow. And that's that's there was more people in my interview sermon than there was my first week. So I came in like, Oh, someone was mad that I got I got hired, but uh, we had about forty, forty-five people, and and right off the bat, we we started praying for vision, mm-hmm. um, and, and that that pushed into revitalization. Hey, this this church has been um, leading this area in ministry, and mm-hmm. we we can get back to to doing that. Right. And, and so the first year was really just establishing um, core values. What what are we doing? We don't want to do things just to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in the Bible, we see Jesus solely focused on. I came here to seek and save the lost. You know, when when he snuck off from his his parents and they they went on journeying for three days, you know, they came back to find him in the church, Mm. starting his ministry, you know, and and teaching. And and he told his mom very clearly, I I need to be in my father's house. And so we took that as, hey, we need to be about our father's business. Mm -hmm. Um, This is an old church with a lot of traditions, but we're in a new culture, in a new season, And we're going to do what the mission is calling us to do. And and so for the past two and a half years, man, our our people's really rallied behind the Great Commission to go and make disciples. And and what's awesome is we're in an area where there's seven different trailer parks right down the road from us. Um, So we got a lot of low income people, a lot of addiction in this area a lot of broken homes, and like, hey, that's who we're going right. to target.
0: And this is a very rural area. Yes, sir. yeah, for yeah. sure. And so the last two years you've had how many salvations?
1: Um, we just, lit- on Sunday, we we got to baptize three people, uh, which would be our 43 third baptism wow. salvation and baptism in the past two and a half wow days. that's yeah. incredible man it's such a such a blessing and glory obviously goes to the lord for for doing those things yeah you know? and yeah the it's cool one of the it was the oldest man i've ever baptized he was 84 years wow. old and then the youngest was in the fifth grade so that was yeah. that was a cool way to to celebrate yeah know, some baptism
0: well tell us a little bit about your passion your yeah. passion for ministry
1: Um, Man, I think it really just goes back to uh, my past and where I grew up seeing a lot of brokenness because of sin and and people who are in addiction and people who are um, outcasted who would never step foot in a church and and maybe a church member would never go out of their way to invite them to come with them to church and I I seen that all my childhood growing up and I think when you read scripture you see Jesus that's who he went to Mm -hmm. you know he said that it's not the the well that needed physician, but the sick, mm-hmm. and and so Jesus was constantly going to the outcasts, those who aren't being reached. And I want to be about my Father's business. Yeah. So if that's Jesus's heart, that needs to be mine as well. Right. And and so my passion is really to to reach those people. Uh, one of the one of my biggest things is skateboard ministry. I've True. been skateboarding obviously from California, and yeah. so uh, I, I'm a skateboarder. But um, I've been doing skate ministry. We started in East Texas, um, at First Baptist Longview. And um, I'm actually a part of a skate ministry called Middleman hmm. uh, that's based out of Texas, but yeah. it's all discipleship based where we we want to reach skaters where they're at and, and their culture and right. just bring Jesus to them. And so that's what we do here. You know, we, we do skateboard ministry and. My prayer is that my, my passion to reach those outcasts um, are, would leak over into the church. I mean, that's that's what's happening. God's God's definitely making that one of our core values here is, is reaching. Uh, we had an older lady in our church tell us uh, that this is a church of misfits, <laughs> you know, and, and, man, that's awesome to hear, and she is definitely not a misfit, you know. Right. And, yeah. I um, mean, she was proud of that. Right. So it, that's, I don't know, it's just cool. That's yeah. becoming a value for yeah. us. Yeah, and
0: people, and, and And uh, uh, Christ tells us to uh, meet people where they are. So that's what you're doing, meeting right where they are. Absolutely. Well, now, I know that, uh, of course, uh, you've been in the ministry for a while, three years here and uh, multiple years in Texas. So have you seen that uh, ministry has changed dramatically in the last 10 years? Do you feel like it's just a little different? How do you see that there's some change that's happened?
1: For sure, yeah. I think um, it's a yes and no Mm -hmm. kind of question. Obviously, you know, we're in 2020 and the culture is completely different than 10 years ago. Sure. Um, but I say yes and no mainly because the culture has always been against Christ. Mm. You know, even even when Jesus was here and the culture he was in. They were against him, and, and so I, I think the culture obviously is, is different now, and so that means ministry also has to be different. Yeah, we 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 do have to adapt to the the culture, not change the message of the gospel. We don't water that down. Mm-hmm. Um, the gospel is repentance. It's you know we're saved by grace, but there has to be repentance. There has to be submission. That doesn't change, but how we relate to the culture and how we reach the culture, we have to embrace that change. Sure, if we don't uh, we're not going to reach them yeah you know they're they're not going to change how what they're doing just to fit being able to come into the church that's that's not how that should work we we meet them where like you said we meet them where they're at um, and and try to find ways to to really um, you know to be in the world but not of the world So, so what are we doing if this is what the culture is 2020 how can we reach them
0: right and a pastor is the one that takes lead in this. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and and I know it's a, difficult, it's a difficult way to be able to begin to think through mm. your community and mm-hmm. how you can reach that. And it can be challenging for your Absolutely. congregation. I mean, it's it's out of the comfort zone, isn't yep. it? Uh, and, and you've experienced that with a two, 200-year-old church. For sure. But uh, your time with them, your direction has definitely began to lead them in a way yep. to be able to reach people in their community. So that's yep. pretty neat. So uh, so what's some challenges that, that you've encountered and just reaching the lost in this area
1: for sure i think uh one of the the biggest challenges coming to an established church and a, a rural area where where everyone and their their grandma's been here their great grandma's been here I think the biggest challenge was coming here and going door knocking, trying to, mm-hmm. to meet the community, trying to see what their culture is for mm-hmm. our context, is hearing the, well, I used to go to church mm-hmm. um, at, at Dumplin', at your church, but, man, 30 years ago, someone in the church said this to my grandma, and, yeah. and man, they hurt us, so, man, we don't go to church anymore, right. and, and so, and, you know, I'm, I I don't want to downplay our community. Sometimes the church really does hurt people. True. Unfortunately. And so um, the, the biggest challenge one was to try to relay the message. Hey, we're, we're different. You know, we're, yeah. we're trying to we're here for you. Right. And, and, you know, we're, it's, we're not about their traditions and, yeah. and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. We're, we're really trying to meet your needs. You know, how can we love on you? So that was the first challenge, but I think also just being in East Tennessee, it's that that Bible Belt mentality where you know I, I don't do drugs, I I don't go, um, you know I'm not sleeping around, I'm, and so I, I'm I'm me and the Lord are good, right? Uh, I believe, yeah, of course I believe in Jesus, yeah, you know? and and of course you know if someone tells you that you can't, you know only the Savior knows, you know Jesus knows our hearts, but you know, he tells us, you know, where, where's the fruit at? Right. So when, when you confront someone with the gospel, even in a loving way, the, if their answer is, oh yeah, I believe in that, you can't really push anymore. You know, right. they, they kind of shut the conversation down. And so just trying to one, you know, from an established church, um, there's a lot of past hurts. Some, some are real, some are not, mm-hmm. but trying to show like, hey, don't, the church isn't perfect right you know the old saying if you find a perfect church don't go to it you'll mess it up you know so (laughs) trying to trying to relay like hey we're 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 in this in this uh, process as well one of our sayings um, and values at dbc is you know it's progress over perfection yeah so trying to show the community that like yeah i'm sorry that your great grandma got hurt because no one ate her chicken at the potluck right you can still come to church we love you trying to trying to do that and also this, the the bible belt mentality yeah
0: there. well and, and it sounds like that's your key is uh, building those relationships absolutely and and yeah to break down those walls of a stigma that somebody might have toward a church or a person you got to right. build the relationships and so that kind of leads into what what are some things in, in your ministry that you're being successful in
1: mm, I, I think one um, the relationships mm. this just, just trying to connect what well, what we try to do here is um, you know we want to one connect to Christ connect to a church family and then connect back to the community you know, we were talking before we started recording how people long to be connected to something, Mm -hmm. you know, some type of relationship. That's exactly, you know, when I read scripture and I look through the book of Acts, that's how the first church grew was this relationship, you know, and they were meeting each other's needs. They were praying constantly with each other. They were um, calling each other out and building each other up. Mm -hmm. And so if that's what the early church was doing and and we, we know how they exploded, why wouldn't we do the same thing today? You know, why wouldn't we want to reach? out and and love on the people versus the older mindset of hey sunday's coming you're supposed to go to church so we can't wait till you get here right you know that's that's kind of that's not how it's not supposed to work sure yeah i think the the thing that's being really successful for us is one just just trying to connect with our community mm-hmm. and then two just being real um i and I I am who I am. Right. Um, I, I don't wear, I used to wear a suit growing up. I, I've been Southern Baptist my whole life and, uh, growing, going to church on Sundays, I was suit and tie. I, yeah. I don't do that anymore. Um, mainly cause I, I don't like it, yeah. you know, and I, <laughs> I want to dress up for my wife and that's about it. But yeah. I mean, I, I wear button up shirts. I have tattoos. I, I let those things show. And, yeah. um, I tell them, you know, our church, we're, we're trying to focus on, Hey, if, if you're hurting, that's okay. Yeah. If you got baggage, Cool, join the club. Like, if you're a little messy right now, man, that just means God is is doing something in your life. And so we try to build a culture where this is a a space for you to come in and it's okay to be messy. Right. God, it's progress over perfection. So, really just trying to connect and then just being real with people. Yeah. You know, not not trying to put on this front. Right. But, you know, we we got it together when none of us really do. Yeah.
0: Do you have, do you get involved in, uh, uh well, I guess the question is how do you connect? How does your church how does your congregation connect to your community? What sure. what did they do?
1: For sure. Well one of the things um, that's been huge for us is we do um, this thing called Connect Dinner. Right. And yeah. so we, we started this um, this past summer uh, where the whole idea behind this dinner, a lot of churches have dinners and that's mm-hmm. it's amazing our focus for the dinner is the mission. What is our mission? We want to connect um, with our community. Mm -hmm. So the idea behind it is, hey, we're all going to come together. Mm -hmm. We're going to eat this meal together, but with the mindset and mission of we're going to connect, we're going Mm -hmm. to ask, how are you doing? What's going on in your life? You know, and what's been awesome about that is that has been one of the biggest ways our people has been inviting um, their lost friends, their lost family members to come to church. You Mm -hmm. know, they're, they're, they're more likely to come get a free meal or cheap meal versus coming to church on Sunday. But what's awesome is we have been running more numbers on our Wednesday night Bible study. So we eat dinner and then we all go to Bible studies together. And for, you know, the kids, the youth and the adults, um, we've been running more people on Wednesday nights than we have on our Sunday schools, yeah, you know, our yeah. Sunday schools on Sunday. And, and so God's really blessing it. And I think it's because it's relationship right. first. Hey, we just want to have a meal with you. We, we really just want to, to love you where you're at. Some of them are coming out of work. Hey, don't worry about cooking dinner. We got you. Yeah. Uh, they're worried about their kids. Hey, we got to want us. You know, your kids right. are going to love it. And, and so we're we're trying to meet the the families where they're at and just let them know, hey, we're here for you. Yeah. Like
0: we, well, And that's really a different way of looking at it. Of course, right. a lot of churches have Wednesday night meals. Yep. Uh, but they I think they look at more if the, they're providing a meal for their families to kind of come together as a church family, which that's it. For sure. But also, you've extended this, this congregation has the mindset of this is a outreach tool absolutely absolutely and it, and it's working yep. what what's really the biggest challenge uh, to you as a pastor mm. what, what what challenges did, do you encounter day and day out?
1: Um, when you know coming here uh, that first year i'm a very like high energy kind of guy um, I've never been accused of being chill, you yeah. know, and, and laid back. Um, I'm very high energy, kind of a go getter kind of guy, and so I think my biggest challenge, and and I think if a lot of pastors were honest, it'd be their challenge too, is is running in my own strength, um, running in my own in my own power versus truly relying on the Lord's power right. in, in our life. You know, I, I'm a firm believer. Hey, we have the Holy Spirit's power dwelling inside of us mm-hmm. um and we're supposed to tap into that you sure. know and, and rely on that so my my first year here um i hit the ground running as far as like man i want to visit people i want yeah. to go to i'm going to the nursing homes i'm doing mm-hmm. this i'm writing sermons and and having meetings and and you know all of that was good but man i was doing it in my own strength and right. i mean i i not burnout but i wore myself out pretty quickly and sure. Um, you know, it's the, the danger in ministry is we can talk a lot about God more than we talk to God yeah. um, in, that, yeah. in that prayer life. And so my first year, you know, as, as a young pup and, and as a pastor, um, I, I really had to to learn it. And the Lord really dropped, you know, John 15, the, mm-hmm. they abide in me and I'll abide in you yeah. scripture. And that was my that was kind of my theme <laughs> towards the end of my first year and, um, and coming into the second year of ministry as a pastor. I, I make that top priority. You know, right. I, I got to have my relationship dialed mm-hmm. in first. My, my sermon prep can't be my, my study mm-hmm. time or my, my devotion time right. with the Lord. Um, and so if, if my relationship, if I'm connecting with Christ, I can love my wife better, mm-hmm. my future daughter better. Yeah. I can do ministry better. And so my my top priority is, you know, I, I have to have my connection with
0: Christ right. first. Well, and that kind of leads into also this this kind of next question is that, uh, you know, we have these challenges, but they can overcome us if we yeah. allow it. Yeah, for sure. So do you have safeguards in which to help you to just uh, not burn yourself out? Of course, obviously you, you said that, you know, it's critical to spend that time, a daily right. time, personal time with right. the Lord. If you have other things, once you kind of because you obviously all pastors they right. take home uh, a, a load on their shoulders of, of their Absolutely. congregation, things are going through. Uh, you know what needs to be taken care of, uh, right. the pressures of the ministry. Right. So, how do you take care of yourself?
1: Yeah, for sure. This job is uh, definitely, it's kind of depressive in nature. You know, I, I, I don't get those calls. I'm sure pastors that, that are listening, you don't get the calls of your members saying, hey, pastor, I just want to let you know that I fell into righteousness today. And yeah. <laughs> I'm just having the best day of my life. You know, we don't, we don't get those calls. Um, and so for me, I, I take physical fitness very seriously. Yeah. Um. I, I'm a I'm a CrossFitter, you know, yeah. and, and I'm a skateboarder, so I'm I'm physically active, and I use those things to really one the stress relief. Yeah. Um. That's that's huge for me. Um. And, and if I'm physically fit, then I, I'm I can be spiritually sound. You know. Sure. I, I think those things run together very seriously, and so um, I, I take fitness very very serious. Um because if I'm not physically fit, I can't do ministry long haul. Right. And that's what I want to do. And I want to sure. do ministry for the long haul. And, and so being Southern Baptist, I know you have a lot of different listeners, but, um, you know, we do a lot of potlucks, a lot of, yeah. a lot of lunch <laughs> meetings. And, and so, <laughs> It, and we sit and we study for hours, which is horrible for our backs, you know. And, and so my, my mindset is, man, I like Paul said, I don't want to disqual- disqualify myself for the race. Yes. And, and so I use fitness to to help along with my spiritual fitness. You know, I, I want to be uh, like a total fit for the Lord. Right. You know, that I'm, I'm ready to do any ministry, yeah. um, any conversation, go any distance right. um, for the Lord. Yeah, I, I would say... Uh, that so so just being fit, but also I use those things um, to be around non-believers. Mm-hmm. Being around non-believers for me is very refreshing. Right. I, yeah. I I love it, man. It, yeah. it it reminds me one what my mission is. Uh, not that being around Christians all the time is a bad thing. That's definitely not a bad thing. But if that's all you're around, mm-hmm. um, you can lose sight of what the true mission is. Right. That's when we get more focused on church mm. and even tradition right? versus when you're around non-believers, it it, it just kind of, that sits on you, right. you know, and you go, man, this guy, this guy said this, and man, he's lost, you yeah. know, and man, I just need to be praying for him. And so I use the gym uh, very specifically to be fit, but also that's my mission field. Right. I go to the skate park to, to go skateboard, but I'm, I'm there trying to do skateboard ministry. Yeah. So if I, if I can give any advice to any pastor, man, get outside of the church. Yeah. Um, get outside of, of of Christian bubbles, Christian huddles, and find, man, if you're a fisherman, go fish with someone that you know is not a believer. Right. And, and man, they might be cussing like a sailor, but, man, that just reminds you, man, they, they need Jesus. Right. Um, And and that translates for me into how I preach and how I lead um, our people. Guys, there's, you know, lost people, they're they're all around you. And, And so why aren't we focused on reaching them? So, so get a hobby, do something outside of, out of church, man, that is, that has been one, a stress reliever. Uh, a, a breath of fresh air for right. me weekly, right. daily, right. Uh, and it just keeps me focused.
0: Awesome. Well, now let's kind of uh, wind up this last thought here. And I, I know you're a big proponent on of of getting away. Yeah. And so, tell mm-hmm. me, uh, just in your own words, what uh, how does it impact your church? Impact, uh, you know, youth or deacons or whoever that can take away a couple of days together into some sort of retreat, does that change your church in any way?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I've been in my ministry, um, not just here, but when I was a student pastor back in East Texas, we did youth camps every, every summer. We did um, D now weekends Mm -hmm. and then coming here. um, I'm going to be honest. I don't know how many camps and retreats they have attended, but we went to our first uh, youth camp last year um, since I've been the pastor. And, And I think, retreats and camps are so good because you unplug from the world, you know, and and we don't, we don't let the students take their phones. You know, we want them literally disconnected. Cam Carson, you don't have that issue. There's no service up there. No service. No, (laughs) Um, but you you can disconnect um, from school, from work, from family drama, Hmm. and, and then literally just be immersed with Jesus for a week or a weekend. And, Literally, that that's like canceling out the noise of the world. You know, yeah. Satan sp- is yelling lies. God speaks in a whisper. Yes. And, and so you can block out that noise for a couple of days and, and allow the Spirit to to speak to you. And it, it's way easier to hear those things when you're disconnected, right. when you're at camp or when you're at a retreat. And so when, you know, we had a, a, um, a success story, there was a student that we had. She's been coming here before I got here and mm-hmm. been praying for her broken family you know no no believers in her family Mm. she uh signed up for camp we only had um eight students go to camp yeah that's that's kind of unusual for me i come i came from texas from you know a first baptist church we had a huge youth group uh we're growing ours now god god's doing huge things and so eight students and i'm like man this is gonna be so awesome and and all week long, um, you can see the Lord just working on her through the speaker, through the games, through worship. And man, at the end of the week, she gave her life to Christ. It wasn't awesome. even the last day. You know, usually the last day is like evangelism night, but right. it was the day before the last day. And man, she she came and said, "I need to, I need Jesus." And right. Man, our church has been praying for her, and so we came back from camp, and um, and we got to baptize her and celebrate awesome. with her, and and that. Um, this past summer, that is what really pushed our youth growing, mm. and to where we had eight students, we we're averaging almost nineteen, twenty. Yeah, um, right. and we have a D now retreat coming up. Yeah, and, you know, we have for sure um, we're gonna have more than eight. You yeah. know, coming and yeah. and so it, it it does huge wonders just to get your church away for right. a little bit. Right, right. absolutely.
0: Awesome. Well, Donnie, uh, I want to thank you for just sharing with us what God's doing within your church and how just being willingness to have a willingness people. Uh, has opened up new doors in reaching a lost. I'd yes. also like to thank our listening audience today to our podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions for Donnie or what we do at TN Baptist Camps, please send us an email at ccinfo at tnbaptist.org. Until next time, I hope that you'll look for opportunities to start a conversation about Christ with someone you know. Thanks for listening to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded from tnbaptistcamps.org. The ministries of Carson Springs and Linden Valley are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptistcamps.org.